It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks radio network. Here's Joe Brand. Well, the effort was there. The fight was there. And the Blackhawks nearly come away with a stunning win over the Minnesota Wild. However, it's Minnesota's three-goal surge in the third period to top the Hawks towards the end, handing the Blackhawks another loss in their penultimate home game of the 2023 season, as there are now just two games left overall on this regular year. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 11.30 tonight here on 720 WGN. Hawks fall to the Minnesota Wild 4-2. to They were up by a goal in the third, and... Marcus Foligno with a shorthanded goal, then Marcus Foligno with an even-strength goal, and then an empty netter by Gustav Nyquist gives Minnesota its 46th win of the year and keeps them in the race in the Central Division standings. We'll get to your calls and texts, 312-981-7200, but we'll also head on back up to the radio broadcast booth and bring in our pal Troy Murray, who's breaking down the game with John Weideman tonight, and Troy... With this game, with the Hawks outplaying Minnesota for so long, it, it seemed like, not that it was going to be all wrapped up, but you just felt good about the Blackhawks' effort. And like you said, it's so tough for the guys out on the ice there, working their tails off all game long, only for it to just kind of be shattered in the final few minutes. Yeah, this one's going to sting just because of the way they played. One of their best performances through 40 minutes, and maybe Minnesota wasn't engaged, but you, I always talk about, you know, you got to give the other side credit, and the other side was the Blackhawks here tonight. They worked hard, and really they had, you know, this game in control. They had a power play opportunity, and they, they made a mistake. They tried to force something, and I, we were talking about Minnesota trying to force plays at the blue line. The, the offensive blue line and, and the Blackhawks didn't put a puck in deep they mismanaged the puck and all of a sudden Johansson goes down and he scores an unassisted shorthanded goal that turned everything around all of a sudden Minnesota boy we got life we're back in this game it's all tied up and um, you know you, you just look at the ability for Minnesota to capitalize on a couple mistakes that the Blackhawks made in this game and that was the difference in, in the outcome uh, being a four to two, I thought that the Hawks did a, a, an excellent job, and, and just the way that they played and out shooting Minnesota like they did in this game, I, I just think that this is going to sting a little bit more than some of the other ones, just because this was a game that they had in their grasp and they let it slip away. So much of this year, we've talked about the Hawks' work ethic, keeping themselves in games, and and keeping games tight. That was the case tonight, but on the other end, with the Hawks leading towards the end. That's something we've heard from these players, too. It, it, it is a different kind of sense when you're trying to protect the lead, right? I mean, you're trying to close out the victory. Hawks have been playing in a lot of close games lately, but it, it's different when you're the team leading. Do you think that played an effect towards the final moments tonight? Well, they, they made a couple mistakes, and, you yeah. know, teams that, that are in the lead that are that you know have the experience in in that category don't make those kind of mistakes they they live to fight another day they 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 make the right decisions they shut it down they lock it down and and the Blackhawks got a little bit loose I think they started to you know panic a little bit and that's that's just the inexperience that they've they've shown at times this season that they don't have those lockdown type of guys um 
And, and I, I think in this game, that was a factor. I mean, it, it definitely was a factor, Joe. I, I agree with your assessment there because they and Luke Richardson had talked about, you know, finding ways to get it past regulation, finding ways to win games when you're in these close situations. And they haven't been able to do that. And that's a learning process. And, it, you know, some of the things, some of the mistakes that they made in that in the tail end of this third period, those are mistakes that you can you can look on the, uh, the video re- review and you can show them and say, hey, listen, you know, we, we got to make better decisions at this time of a hockey game, especially. Um, and, and you learn from it and you move on. But um, disappointing for the players that they weren't able to get some points out of this game against Minnesota. Give Minnesota full credit that they were able to battle back in the third period. The, the one thing, too, is you look at the opportunities that the Blackhawks had. Boris Kachuk hit the, the post in the second period. True. They couldn't find a way to pull away from Minnesota. Gustafson played well. He kept his team in this game when the, through 40 minutes. They shouldn't have been there. So the Blackhawks not able to get that separation that would have given them a little bit of breathing room going into the third period. Now all of a sudden, you know, you're being outplayed by a quite a large margin heading into the third period, and yet they find a way to come back and win it because you didn't have that separation because your goaltender, Gustafson, kept you in the game. Oh, and, the, and the Taves goal, too. I mean, that gets waved off. What, what a swing that turned out to be. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of an interesting one. I, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, John's listening in here. I don't know if I've seen that before where they go back and they review that to say that there was an uncalled touch of the Minnesota possession to take that goal away. And uh, that was that was kind of a weird call that, that that they all four officials, the two linesmen, the two referees got together. I don't think they were looking at an iPad or anything. This was off the, their their memory and reversed that that goal. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Yeah, I I, I know I have, and I know you've seen far much more hockey than I have, though. And uh, <laughs> that was a strange one. I because I I wasn't sure what they were looking for. I I, I just you know, and I said, well, maybe there was a touch there that. That could have been called, but didn't seem like that would be something that they would be reviewing and looking at or thinking about, but apparently it was. Well, and the only other thing is if they do call it in real time, I mean, Taves is still going to swat the puck in at that instance, and, and this place is still going to go bonkers. So. Yeah, and maybe you know, maybe it happened, uh, you know, that's a good point, Joe. Maybe it happened so quick because it was in the crease area where they, they said that the, you know, the, the touch was uncalled. Um, it, you know, bang, bang, it's in the net. And the yeah. Hawks are celebrating, but maybe they're going, hey, listen, we didn't have a chance yeah. to blow the whistle dead, but this is what I saw. Is it the right call? So, I mean, and I like the fact that the officials got together. If you're, you know, on the flip side of this and you're the Blackhawks, you're going, hey, we, we had possession. We, we, you know, we played that puck. Um, and so, the, the, you know, the call went in favor of Minnesota. They're happy. The Blackhawks are obviously not happy about the call. But I like the fact that the officials did get together and decide that this was the call that they were going to make. And uh, they decided that, you know, that's the way it was. Troy, I know you guys got a boogie going to uh, Pittsburgh tomorrow. But um, really quick, I, I want to get your thoughts on the Marcus Felino fight because it, it seemed reckless at the time. And... Uh, right after that, you get a three-goal swing. I mean, clearly he doesn't want to set his team up to get a shorthanded goal, but I don't know, more causation or coincidental there, would you say? Well, no, I think that, that you know, he was kind of looking for it. He, he drilled Jujar Kara um, into the boards right in front of their bench, and then he took a shot at one of the players. He was kind of skating by him. Uh, I think it was Joey Anderson, so he was, he was trying to get involved, but he wasn't going to do anything and, and just 
take a minor penalty for no reason. He, he was, you know, he instigated the fight. He got an unsportsmanlike penalty, and that was probably after the fact when he ripped um, the helmet off England mm-hmm. and was showing it in the air. I mean, showboating it uh, a little bit there. So he got the minor penalty for unsportsmanlike for that, but that was after the fact. But, he, you know, he, he was trying to get some energy in, in his team's game. And, you know, it, you got to give him credit for doing that i i would and again you flip it onto the other side there if if the blackhawks were flat and say hey let, you know somebody wants to get it going even though they were on the or they were on the penalty kill or they they were on the power play at uh, right. the time right they were on the power play yes he yes up, yeah. i mean it negated a power play for them yeah yeah so i mean that's kind of a, an unusual time but maybe he wasn't going to sit around and wait for the right time and and he decided to do that it was a great scrap. I give England a ton of credit to answer yeah, the bell on that on that one. So, you know, when I see him, we'll certainly give him a tap on the back. Uh, but, yeah, I think that that was a little bit of a wake-up call for Minnesota as well and got some energy into their game. Well, and also just a quick shout-out to John Weideman. My Uncle Ross in Arizona loves John Weideman's fight calls. So he was. Uh, he said he felt like he was at the United Center during that scrap, which it was a good one. It was haven't seen a good scrap like that in quite some time. Yeah, it was a good one. All right, Troy. Great talking as always. We will talk to you tomorrow from Pittsburgh. That sounds good, Joe. All righty. Take right, care. Nighty night. <laughs> nighty night. That is Troy Murray. He and John Weidman on the call tonight. As the Hawks fall to the Minnesota Wild, four to two. Rough loss, comeback win for the Minnesota Wild. Very important two points for them. Dallas won earlier tonight, so they. Continue two points behind the Stars for second place in the Central Division. Still trying to kind of crawl their way back up. Um, So actually, Dallas is now tied with Colorado. Both the Stars and the Avalanche with 104 points. Minnesota now with 102. And uh, I believe all three of those teams have two games left as well. So it'll be interesting to see how the top of the Central Division shapes out. We've got a lot to get to. We're going to hear from the Blackhawks dressing room. Very interested to hear some of the reaction after this game. But we'd also like to hear from you. 312-981-7200. We'll take your calls. We'll take your texts. And uh, don't be a stranger. We're taking you up to 1130 tonight here on the Blackhawks postgame show as they fall to the Minnesota Wild 4-2 on 720 WGN. Hawks fall to the Minnesota Wild 4-2 tonight from the United Center. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show taking you up to 11.30 tonight. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Give us a call. Give us a text. This was a different game in terms of the Blackhawks staying close, keeping it tight, keeping it competitive because this was their game to lose. And they unfortunately did give up three goals in a matter of just a few minutes to the Minnesota Wild. But I I think Troy's right. You do have to give credit to Minnesota, who kind of weathered the storm through the first 60 minutes. I mean, how or the first 40 minutes, excuse me. How many times have we talked about that as the Blackhawks doing that aspect? Weathering the storm, staying tough, keeping a game close against a team that is outplaying them. But tonight it was the Blackhawks dominating the second period. They outshot Minnesota 22-5. to And then in that third period, it looked like Jonathan Taves was going to pick up a huge goal, give the Blackhawks a two-goal lead, and then it turned out to be overturned because it was a delayed penalty for the Hawks, in favor of the Hawks, I should say. And, man, it took forever to get a stoppage in play. The Hawks just kept possession of the puck. They were able to get, I think, two different line changes to bring out a a six-man attacking core. And it wasn't until... 
right before Taves swatted it past Gustafson in net for the Minnesota Wild that there was a touch by one of the Minnesota players. And that's kind of how Taves got the puck because it went off the stick of one of the Minnesota players. But as Troy had mentioned, he had never seen that call overturned with that setting. And from our understanding, the officials didn't look at the iPad review. They were just all kind of getting together. But we were pointing out that maybe because it happened so quickly, maybe the refs even blew the whistle. But, you know, the goal horn is blaring. Nobody knows that it's supposed to be a stoppage of play right there. Uh, from the text line from the 773 area code, great game and program, John and Troy. Richardson is Houdini getting players to go beyond. The next few several years should be exciting. I agree with you on multiple fronts, 773. John and Troy always do a fantastic job. Um, but also, Richardson getting this team ready for this game. And listen, we understand that Minnesota is a little bit limited with a few of their players right now. Got that. That's understood. But you have to give the cre- you have to give the Hawks credit for how they came out for this game. But the difference was tonight, they're trying to hang on to a lead in the third period. A lot of times they're the team trying to fight back and trying to tie the game or get within a goal or, or break the tie, things like that. And um, this time it was a different situation. And Minnesota is a very good team. They're going to the playoffs. They might have an uphill battle with where they're seated and also with missing guys like Joel Erickson Eck, but they're trying to get into playoff mode ready as well. And that was something I wanted to talk a little bit more with Troy about Dean Evison, the head coach for the Minnesota Wild. He seems like such a hard nosed guy, somebody that, you know, doesn't take you know what. Um I, I imagine he had to have some Fairly heated words to his team in that second intermission. Now, it took a lot for the Wild to come back in this game. We talked about Marcus Johansson, or excuse me, Marcus Felino's fight. It kind of got his team revved up. So good on him, I guess, for picking that spot. It was a little bit of a reckless play, but hey, it worked for Minnesota. Um, our buddy Leo from Albuquerque, the 505 area code. Do you see Captain Sirius in the Blackhawks front office? Well, Leo, we always appreciate you chiming in, as you always do, the former goaltender. Um, two more games for Jonathan Taves this year, at least, as far as we know. And that's also why it was a little bit more disappointing to see his goal overturned tonight. We don't know what Jonathan Taves is going to do this offseason. And we honestly don't know if Jonathan Taves knows the answer to that question as well. I know that speculation of... Taves being in a front office, whether it's with the Blackhawks or another team, has been speculated probably for the past couple of years because of how great of a leader he is and how much he's done for this team and organization and how well that would probably just translate to the front office position. But we'll uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, we're going to go to the phone line. Greg is in Naperville, and he thinks the Taves goal should have been allowed. Go ahead, Greg. Yeah, uh, you know, I've always thought the rule was when there was a delayed penalty, like the other team had to have control of the puck, not touch the puck. I've been going to Blackhawks games since the early 70s, and it's oh, I've seen hundreds of times when the other team has touched the puck and they'd never blow the whistle. So, Greg, I hear you, um, but I think in that instance, and I don't have the replay – it was essentially like the player was trying to clear the puck out of the crease. Is that what you saw? Or uh, 
I, I thought he took a swat at it. That's what I thought, and that you know, I that's what I'm saying. No, I, I have con- a control and not just swat and touch. I, I, I hear you. I hear. I, I do think we're splitting hairs, but I, I do think yeah. it, it's the fact that he's on the crease and he's he's trying to get the puck out of there. It's not like he's stretching out his arm and the the stick just kind of tucks the touches the puck and you know he's he's trying to break up the play. He's he's literally like passing the puck out of the way, but it just happened to go to Taves' stick. So that's yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know the definitive answer, but that is what my argument would be if I were taking Minnesota's side on that. Okay. <laughs> I hear you, Greg. It was. I, I would have loved to see the captain score tonight. It, it would have been a great thing to see. Yeah, well, like I said, it, I, I don't even know if it would have been Tay. It could have been anybody. It could have been, uh, you know, Troy Murray back in his day. But <laughs> oh, of course, we, a, a, another nineteen, a different nineteen. Of course, yes, of course. Greg, thank you very much for chiming in. Don't be a stranger. Okay, thank you. That is Greg in Naperville. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. You can call or you can text. Uh, let's see here uh, from the 630 area code. Great show, Joe. Please read the attached text and give your valued feedback on this Bedard controversy. Uh, okay, hold on. That's it's a very long text. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, we do have Luke Richardson from uh, the Blackhawks media scrum. Let's hear from the Blackhawks head coach. Well, I think a few turnovers at the blue line uh, created the whole issue when we had a little bit of trouble in our zone before we took a penalty, and then you know, and then we're on the on our uh, heels, killing the penalty off, and and then obviously we got a power play, but I think um, coming off the four and four, you know, it was just a little disjointed there, and we just didn't look good. We didn't come up the ice with speed, so we turned up over the puck over there again. So it just seemed to be. Um, kind of uh, contagious turning the puck over the blue line which has been kind of an Achilles heel lately and we played well in certain games but not you know not as dominant as tonight and uh, and then at a certain point um, you know just get frustrated and try and win the game when when we can just lay it in behind them and play behind them. On the overturned goal did they feel like the defenseman gained possession on that where he whacked it? Yeah that, I think that's what their explanation was but you know the guy's falling down and just touched the stick touches it as he's falling away so i don't consider that possession but that's what they called a possession um so that you know obviously that would have been huge for us to be up 3-1 in control then but um you know we still got to keep playing and keep playing the right way so uh you, you know i think we just got off uh one shift there just can change the momentum and the other team you know they got uh some momentum there and and uh they made a nice play on the on the turnover on the power play like on their shorthanded goal and then unfortunately they got the the winner and we're you know we don't have much time left and you know at that point of the game we played so hard i think you know we're we're fatigued as well just as they are so when you have to play from behind it's hard it's difficult what worked so well in the first two periods just the game plan uh, following it i think you have, when you have 20 guys following whatever game plan it is uh you know i mean i think uh, everybody's on the same page we were we were clicking well made a few adjustments after the first period and the guys went out and made those adjustments and and followed the game plan in the second and even part, you know, the start of the third. I, I don't know if the first shift of the third was great, but after that, I thought we were okay. And uh, you know, just like I said, though, just one or two subtle things at their blue line, and then the other team feels like they they're getting they're gaining momentum by playing better, even though we maybe provided that for them. You 
a couple really nice rushes from Kaiser tonight. Are you guys encouraging him to, to attack more frequently? Yeah, uh, just when it's there, and it just seemed to be there. And I think because he moves his feet so well, uh, it, it uh, you know the opportunities uh, you know show themselves uh, to him. And I think the second period was was really one that really showed his uh, mobility and and quickness when he drove in, uh, split the D, and got in there for a backhand shot. So um, when it's there, yeah, uh, you know, at the end of a game. Uh, you know that he got a chance to go out there, and uh, you know we we needed a goal, and he was up the ice there a few times, shorthanded and five on five. So uh, uh, he he seems to be very confident. I liked his battle. I think he got in a battle with Hartman in the corner. He's not afraid to battle guys, and uh, uh, you know he's confident not just his skating ability, but his strength to play the game. So that's uh, that's really uh, impressive. Since it meant a lot to Bjorkman to finally get a goal this season. I think so. I think he played really well early. He had a couple of good games with some nice assists. And then, uh, you know, unfortunately got hurt. And then, uh, you know, just coming off, uh, you know, I forget if it was groin or hamstring or whatever it was, uh, you know, lower body injury at this time of the year. It's hard to catch up and when you miss some time. So, uh, you know, I think it took him a few games to kind of get going. The last few games, it looked like uh, he's been skating much better. So it was nice to see him get on the board. That was just a kind of a textbook play you know middle drive shoot the puck off the goalie's pad and i know he was kind of getting hooked on the play but he still made a hard enough uh, play that it got across the line it was nice how much did that fight change the momentum of things the the fight uh no i don't even know what happened there i just i, I heard the crowd and I, I saw him fight but england did a great job for us like you know that's one of the tougher guys in the in the league stronger guy in the, in the league uh Foligno. so uh i'm not sure what he was so upset about but um you know england did a great job uh you know neutralizing him and getting him out of the game really for us so that uh that's one less guy to worry about at the end of the game he's probably a guy that'll be out there at the end of the game uh they rely on him a lot defensively so uh it worked worked well for us it was just we just couldn't capitalize on it it was a good scrap between Andreas England and Marcus Foligno. Unfortunately, it it did help out Minnesota, even though Foligno kind of handcuffed his team and gave them a penalty and exited him from the game, but it ended up working out for them. It did seem like Minnesota was missing a little bit of bite today, and again, it was kind of a limited roster in this game, and uh, with the Hawks outplaying them so much in the second period, maybe uh, kind of lost their breath a, a little bit, figuratively speaking. Again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Someone texting in uh, saying that they thought the same thing as the guy, Greg from Naperville, calling in about um, uh, having control of the puck, which negated Jonathan Taves' goal, which would have given the Blackhawks a two-goal lead. Instead, they fall tonight 4-2. to two. Let's go to the phone line. John's in Bridgeport and wants to talk more about Wyatt Kaiser. What do you like about Wyatt Kaiser's game, John? Well, they, they kind of stole my thunder on that coach's interview, but uh, that guy has some wheels. I was very – that's the most impressed I've been by a Blackhawk defenseman in a long, long time. And uh, I think they should uh, take the 44 off his jersey and give him a number 77. <laughs> okay. Um, is is Wyatt Kaiser the only defenseman you've been impressed with or any of the other young guys? Well, I just – the wheels on that kid are unbelievable. And he, he just plays today's game, is what I would say. Um, you know, the other guys, are, I'm not saying anything bad about the other guys, but um, he is just, he's playing the game that the upper echelon teams play and their defensemen play. You need somebody to stay home with a guy like him. Um, but uh, the wheels are unbelievable. The up ice rushes, the, the, as the Hawks have aged, they, they've slowed down, and you see some, 
um, some push to get that puck up ice in a hurry, and it's very refreshing. Hey, I, John, I really like your assessment, um, especially because you're right in terms of um, him being more of a defenseman that's putting on more of an offensive game because that's actually kind of what the previous regime was going after, but it almost seemed like they went over too many. They went after too many defensemen like that. Now you're kind of taking more of a traditional approach with getting guys like Isaac Phillips and Alex Vlasic and you know big, strong, defensive defensemen. But why Kaiser tonight, five shots on goal. He played 20 minutes on the ice. Uh, he had one hit, one giveaway, one missed shot, one shot blocked. Um, you're right. He, he was into the mix of things a lot more today. This might have been one of his better, if not his best games played out of the seven that he's played this year. But, um, yeah, no, John. As, as I, the coach said he had a good mix-up in the corner, too. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's not afraid to show his physicality. So he, he still has that part of his game, too. Yep. All right. Hey, John, really appreciate the call. Great assessment. Thanks for chiming in. Thanks, guys. All right, that is John in Bridgeport. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. You can call or you can text. we got to get to another break. We are going to hear from Connor Murphy and Anders Bjork. Bjork scoring his first goal with the Blackhawks this season. Uh, I am going to get back to the text from the 630 area code talking about teams that are intentionally tanking, or at least the accusations of some other teams in the league that are not going about this the right way if you talk to some Blackhawks fans. We'll get to that and more. Hawks postgame show rolls on until 11.30 tonight, 7.20 WGM. Hawks fall to the Minnesota Wild 4-2 tonight from the United Center. Two games left on the regular season. One tomorrow in Pittsburgh and then the finale on Thursday against the Philadelphia Flyers here at the United Center. If you'd like to grab some tickets before they all go, blackhawks.com slash tickets. I'm Joe Brand. Uh, before we get to Connor Murphy regarding this game, I want to get to the 630 area code. Basically texting in about the accusations of uh, Mason McTavish of the Anaheim Ducks texting Connor Bedard uh, every time the Anaheim Ducks lose, where he's texting him in positivity and uh, along the lines. I really don't know too much about this. I'm learning about it, honestly, right now throughout the breaks. But apparently... Uh, those accusations have been that McTavish is happy that the Anaheim Ducks are losing. I know there's been accusations about the Columbus Blue Jackets intentionally losing, too. Uh, The one thing I like to see is really no Blackhawks fans uh, accusing the Hawks of doing that. In fact, it's actually been the opposite. I've I've been getting more texts and tweets about sitting the goaltenders and and sitting Athanasiu and Jonathan Taves. And no, it's just not what you do, and that's not what Luke Richardson should do. Um, yes, I do think the Hawks are going about this the right way, going into this rebuild. Um, but I also am not sure how you police it if these things are happening over on the other side. I know people are considering different options for the draft scenario, but the NHL has changed up this draft lottery a lot over the past couple of years. And... The way they do it now is to try and de-incentivize losing because nothing is guaranteed for the first overall pick. And once you're in that kind of middle ground, uh, your chance is not only less and less, but you move away from the number two overall pick. So I, I do think that the NHL put a lot of thought 
and a lot of strategy when designing this, I don't know what the right answer is. I don't think any sport knows what the right answer is because this is still a problem in sports. And it's it's not like it's this horrible catastrophe. It's just the way it goes. And it never used to be like this 10, 15, 20 years ago. So this is all new for different sports and different organizations. And again, the whole reason it's so highlighted right now is because of what's at hand in Connor Bedard being available at the end uh, of the draft lottery. Um, let's hear from Connor Murphy, Blackhawks defenseman number five. What was happening in the final six minutes there where things started going wrong? We just made mistakes, and uh, yeah, like you said, we played well for most of the game, and uh, it's, yeah, we just made mistakes. Did, with that taste uh, goal getting nullified, did that kind of take wind out of the sails? I don't think so because guys. Uh, Guys are playing hard to continue to push the pace after, and a guy like Angie steps up and fights Foligno there. That's enough to give energy in itself. So I don't think uh, it took too much out of us other than that it would be nice to get, to get a goal there. Is that shorty tough to swallow there? Yeah, anytime, yeah, anytime you live at a shorthanded one, it is. Um, but we were still tied in the game there. Um, and uh, yeah, we just wish that we were able to put it together longer, I think. you take some solace about uh, playing these teams close you know, this late? Uh, uh, to be honest, not, not really. The, with two games left, you just want to win and and, uh, and get a good feeling going. So um, I think, uh, yeah, no matter where you are in standings, it hurts to lose, and uh, you want to just win uh, anytime you have a chance, even if a couple games left. Our three-star selection tonight is sponsored by CarStar. Trust CarStar, North America's leading premier collision repair provider. With your collision repair needs, visit CarStar.com to find a Chicagoland location near you. It's all Minnesota Wild players. The number three star, Philip Gustafson, he ended up having 40 saves in tonight's game. Yeah, credit to the Blackhawks offense for being relentless that way. Uh, Matt Boldy, the number two star, he scored the first goal of the game, his 31st on the season, and Marcus Johansson with two goals tonight. The equalizer in shorthanded fashion, and then the go-ahead goal, 3-2, which turned out to be the game winner. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, we'll hear from Anders Bjork and take a look around the NHL. Hawks fall to the Minnesota Wild 4-2. You're listening to the postgame show on 720 WGN. We'll go ahead and give the captain, Jonathan Taves, our player with the most heart, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine with teams that take on the toughest cases at over 200 locations. Number 19 nearly had a goal tonight that would have given the Blackhawks a two-goal lead. Instead, they overturn it. And the Hawks fall to Minnesota 4-2. Let's hear from Anders Bjork, who scored his first goal with the Blackhawks this year. Those last couple minutes after you guys were uh, playing such dominant hockey for most of the game. Yeah, I mean, uh, getting a goal, goal called back is uh, tough. So um, I think uh, we let that get to us a little bit. We got a lot of younger guys on this team and new guys. Um, it's a new group, so, you know, that can happen. Um, so hopefully something we learn from. I think we, you know, played well for... Majority of the game, so. Are you glad that goal finally came for you? Yeah, definitely. That's nice. It's a weight off my shoulders for sure. Um, sometimes, you know, it wasn't the prettiest, but um, I'm glad one went in, and hopefully last two games here I can, uh, you know, show some offensive uh, ability and contribute offensively. Is that tough going out of the lineup in a, when you were playing so well? Yeah, definitely. It's always tough. You always want to play every game, but um, you know this is a great opportunity for me. So I was just um, grateful for it, and um, you know, just kept the same attitude. Was, was there something you guys were doing in the second period that was working so well that they got away from maybe in the third? Um, 
Yeah, a little bit. I think our energy died a little bit after that goal was called off, um, and we let it get to us. It, as I said, but um, yeah, I mean, we, we we played some good hockey for the majority of that game, so it was uh, it, that was a tough one for sure. But one we can learn from. There's a lot of things you can take away from a game like that. With so much going on in the NHL tonight, let's take a look around some of those scores, and we'll start in Washington. Brian Bullock cycling through with Stroh, but can't get any separation with Adam Bellick. Now the shot from the outside. Ferrabari with a shot. Now a loose puck for Strom. He scores! And Strom lets it fly from the circle. Beats Sorokin on the first goal of the game. It's one nothing. Washington! John Walton of the Capitals Radio Network. Two goals for Dylan Strom, the former Blackhawk, and a 5-2 winner for the Caps over the New York Islanders. Let's go to Detroit. Colin Miller slides it over to Hintz. Hintz, handoff Robertson in turn, leaves it for Harley. Backdoor feed, shot, score! Ruffey Hintz! Terrific setup from Harley across the ice. And Hintz gets the game's first goal less than five minutes in. The Dallas Stars spoiled Detroit's home finale, a 6-1 victory for Dallas. They now get back into a tie for the Central Division lead with the Colorado Avalanche, both teams with 104 points. With Minnesota's win tonight, they sit two points behind the Avs and the Stars at 102 points. Let's go to Winnipeg. Draw back to where the line. Sandberg far side for Schmidt. Rister through traffic, stopped by Reimer. Rebound back out in front. They score! Adam Lowry fought off Jacob McDonald to the side of the net, poked it in, and it's 2-1 Winnipeg. That is Joe Bowen, excuse me, that's Paul Edmonds of 680 CJOB, Power 97. The Winnipeg Jets a 6-2 winner over the San Jose Sharks. So Winnipeg helping out their case for the second wild card spot in the Western Conference. They were a point above Calgary and Nashville heading into today's contest. Let's go to Florida. Easy shot and a save, and the puck a race now at center ice. Hustling after it is Tavares. Tavares driving the net, and a goal! Scores! Johnny Toronto scores in overtime, and the Leafs beat the Florida Panthers 2-1. to one. And that denies Florida a chance to clinch a playoff berth tonight. Tampa Bay, rather Toronto, with the 2-1 overtime win. The Blackhawks' next game is tomorrow night against the Pittsburgh Penguins. It'll be a 7 o'clock, make it a 6 o'clock puck drop with a 5.30 pregame show right here on 720 WGN. Blackhawks hockey's been sponsored by Sitco. Adventure awaits. Fuel up first with Sitco. Budweiser, ComEd. ComEd powering business, powering lives. United Airlines and Plumbers 911 Chicago. Visit plumbers911.com for emergency plumbing service. Big thanks to all the help back at the WGN studios, our producer Ben Anderson and our engineers Dan Long and Krista Flores. Jack Heinrich was our reporter. Our Hall of Fame engineer was Paul Zarang. John Weideman and Troy Murray had the call. For everyone that I mentioned, I'm Joe Brand. Again, the Hawks fall to the Minnesota Wild 4-2. Next game tomorrow against Pittsburgh. We'll talk to you then. David Jennings has your news next. After that, it's Raleigh James here on 720 WGN. You've been listening to Chicago Blackhawks Hockey on Blackhawks Radio, 720 WGN. Streaming on WGNRadio.com and smart devices everywhere.